So over the course of 15 years, man, I've seen stuff that they make horror movies out of some of the things, right? And honestly, now that I'm thinking about it, there's probably two or three instances um, that I can think of. There's two main stories and there's a side story. Um, so let me start with the side story. I did a case in Louisiana, um, deep in the bayou, um, not too long ago. And it was a voodoo hoodoo case. And it was a practitioner um, or the family of a practitioner and really horrible stuff was happening. And I went to this house just to go talk to him. And I mean, it's back country, swamps, the whole nine yards, right? And I get into this little house and they have literally a single light bulb hanging down from the, the over the kitchen table, like you would see in an old horror movie TV spot or something. And so it's dangling, single light bulb. And the woman, so this family called me scared of their mother. Wow. Okay. Okay. Um, well, little did I know that when I showed up, the mother unannounced showed up as well. Oh, wow. Right. Okay. So I found myself sitting across the table from the mother, the voodoo, whomever priestess, and the family was so scared they left the house. So I'm in deep Southern Louisiana. I'm sitting across the table from a voodoo priestess. Um, and I'm talking to her and she's not like, it's not computing or she's not processing or she's not willing to play. So she's kind of just sitting and staring at me with a kind of a crooked smile. And man, it gives me chills just to think about it as I'm talking to her and I'm trying to explain, you know, or trying to figure out what's going on. She lets out this sinister laugh, almost like. <laughs> and she she puts her finger over her mouth like making the shush sign she points up to that dangling light bulb and as soon as she points up to that light bulb it pops so now I'm sitting in complete darkness in southern Louisiana in the swamps across the table from a voodoo priestess who is laughing like some devilish child. And, and I have no idea what's going on next. Um, so I quickly remove myself from the situation. I turn on my cell phone light and I say, I got to go. Um, so did you get a chance to uh, discuss with her, uh, talk with her after that? Or were you just out of there? No, man. And look, here's why. It's not that I was honestly, it, that moment freaked me out. I wasn't scared of the entire situation. Um, but the reality was what they needed, I probably couldn't help them. What did they need? They probably needed voodoo or hoodoo, um, some kind of, you know, spell or magic or whatever it was, you know, that was much deeper than I was well versed in. So, so is it some fear of voodoo or is voodoo deeper or I'm not getting where, so why you feel sure, like so, you couldn't handle that? Um, it's the unknown, right? It's not that I, I mean, I deal with the demonic, right? There's things that I'm, I mean, I'm not scared of it, but I don't want to make a mistake. Right. And so when you're dealing with people's fears and people's emotions, 
saying or doing the wrong thing can absolutely send somebody into a downward spiral that they may not be able to get out of. Um, I've seen people become suicidal because of the paranormal. And so I'm very cautious with that. You know, I was actually in, I was in Louisiana on business. Um, so I, I literally said, I'll stop by for a cup of coffee. Like it wasn't an investigation. It was just me to see kind of what was going on. And, you know, you pick and choose your battles wisely. And I'm not sure going one-on-one -on -one with a voodoo pr princess or voodoo priestess, I should say, is a wise battle for me to pick. Well, Very smart. Once you're talking about voodoo priestess and stuff like that, uh, a lot of time the voodoo priestess, whomever the spirit that is flowing through her at that moment, that's who you're getting. So there's different spirits that she could be uh, possibly... Um, have in her at the time, right? Which could be Oshun, you know, Yemaya. It could be different ones, so you don't know who you were dealing with at the time. So nope. that's why you didn't want to play with it. Absolutely, I can understand it perfectly. I did not want to play in that ballpark, my friend. That's yeah, my sand. guy here, Ego, he actually has experience experience with voodoo, so that's why he can tell that story. Sure, that's fascinating, man. I I don't know enough about it. There's certain things I'm well versed in, um, and there's certain things I'm just not. And voodoo is not one of them, so I just choose to let someone else do it. But that's not the scariest moment. That's right? interesting. Um, I would say the second scariest moment that I've ever experienced, and Jack can attest to this. He was with me. It was in Porter, Texas. We were dealing with a house, the same house that I took the priest to. Before we took the priest there, we were doing an investigation. And... <clears throat> It was a couple, older couple and a, and a daughter. Three people lived in the house. And a lot of crazy stuff was happening and going on. Um, Jack and I had been doing investigations there. And I remember one night we were sitting on the couch. So mother, father were on one couch. The daughter was on the love seat. And Jack and I were sitting on another couch together. And we were in the living room. And we're asking whatever's there to show itself, to make itself known. And we hear the drawers, the kitchen cabinet drawers, just open and slam shut right next to us in the in the room. Um, I have all that recorded as well. And that wasn't the scary part. I mean, that kind of shook us to our core a little bit, but that wasn't the point that scared the crap out of us. Um, later on that night, we're taking a break. And... Jack and the the couple are outside. I'm sitting inside on the couch. Lights are on. And the daughter is sitting next to me. So we're probably like you and I are maybe three feet apart. Um, she's looking at her phone and I'm looking at my phone. Her and I are not saying a word to each other. And right between us, we hear a woman's voice say, hey. Right, just whispered hey to us. And I look at my eyes get as the size of golf balls and I turn and I look I look at her, whatever her name was, and her eyes are just as big as golf balls and she turns and she looks at me and she's like, Did you just hear that? And I'm like, Uh huh. That wasn't the point that scared me yet though. Here's the all that kind of builds up to this point. Later on that night or maybe even the next investigation at that same house, um, we all move ourselves to the garage because there was a heavy footsteps in the attic. 
right? Just stomping, boom, 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 right above you, right? Like something angry was walking around up there. Mm -hmm. I put a camera up there and there's nothing, but you hear it and it's loud. So we all remove ourselves from the house, right? And me, I'm like, well, I'll go, why not? So I walk in there and I walk to the end of the hallway and I sit down at the end of the hallway and there's two bedrooms, one bedroom on each side of where I was sitting. And as I was at the end of the hallway, to my right-hand side was a bedroom, and in that bedroom was access to the attic, or unaccess to the attic. And so I'm sitting there by myself in this house, man, and I'm asking whatever's there, like, don't be a chicken shit, like, show yourself. I'm not scared of you. Um, as soon as I said that, you hear from the end of the hallway like something jumped up and down, like heavy pounding in the attic. And then you hear, oh my God, I'm giving chills just thinking about it. Just heavy steps walking towards me in the attic, right? Because I'm down a hallway. So I, they start at the end of the hallway up above and you just hear boom, 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 boom. And they get louder. And I'm literally just following them as they're walking up above me, okay? I'm by myself in this house in complete darkness. Yeah. Mm. I like feel like this anticipation building. I'm like, get uh, on with it. <laughs> no, I, I know, right? I hear them walk to the room that's to my right. I hear the paneling move from the attic I'm access. I'm so gone. I don't know why you're- I right. lost my shit. Right? I would be outside I did. I, <laughs> I would have too. That was the, that was, there, that was one of two times where I just, I'm like, nope, nope, I'm, I'm out. Nope, I'm gone. I'm done. I'm boop. And I, I'm like, Jack, where are you, Jack? You know, and that scared the living Jesus out of me. Yeah. Um, so that's one time um, in that house. That absolutely freaked me out the most terrified I've ever been, Saddamsville Rectory in Cincinnati, Ohio. Um, a rectory, just an old place. It, it was a building where the priests would live for the Catholic Church, right? Mm -hmm. um, that's where they lived, you know, because they practice celibacy and they don't, they're not married and whatever. So they all lived kind of together in this beautiful, beautiful home. Um, it's called a rectory and there was a huge Catholic Church right next to it that was abandoned as well. And so <clears throat> this couple restored old buildings. That's what they did. And they bought this rectory mm. to restore it. So as they were trying to restore it, um, they would hire painters and construction workers and they would all get chased off the job site, like run away because they were just absolutely terrified as to what was happening there. Um, so... Tim and Terry, the owners at the time, um, had to try to do it themselves. But even they were getting messed with, pushed, almost pushed downstairs, scratched, attacked, the whole nine yards. So they just kind of left it halfway, and they didn't know what to do. Wow. Um, okay. So what they would do is they would, op I was running a paranormal university at the time, and so I reached out to them, and I said, hey, I'd like to make a donation to your cause of refurbishing or rebuilding this place 
in return, if you don't mind, I'd like to investigate it. And they agreed. And so I actually had done that several times. But that place literally comes out, um, it looks like it's out of a horror movie. It's beautiful red brick, right, with white trim, mm. built in, I don't know, the 40s maybe, right? The architecture and the, it, you look at it, it's got, it's not super well lit when you walk inside. It's got like old, beautiful furniture and, you know, uh, an, uh, a basement with steep steps, you know, that and one little rinkety-dink light bulb that you got to pull the string. And right. It's got three floors and it's got a, it's got a, like an attic that's a schoolroom. And because they would, that's where they would do classes for some of the students in the Catholic school. Right. Um, Creepies all get go. And I, I think on our website, if you look at favorite places or whatever, it might be on there. Um, so the first two or three times I visited that place, like you walk in and you get the vibe. You're like, man, I do not want to be here. And in fact, my buddy Jared, for his birthday, I flew him out. We were going to go to the Pro Football Hall of Fame. Uh, we're big football fans, right? And so, um, but before we got to Canton, I said, well, let's stop in Cincinnati and let's do an investigation. He's like, okay. So we get, we had that place for like two nights, like 48 hours, they hand you the key. Uh, and the owners won't even come to the property to give you the key. They meet you down the street at like the gas station <laughs> because they, they want nothing to Damn. do with it, right? Right, they set the mood. No, absolutely, right? And so we show up to that house. My buddy, Jared, walks in, looks around, and he says, take me back to the hotel. Oh, wow. And I said, you know, you're like, ha ha. Right? That's why you came. That's why you paid money for a ticket. That's why we're doing this, right? He's like, if you don't take me back to the hotel, I'll get a taxi. He, you went a little too deep for him. Right? Um, that place. So anyway, so we did. I took him back. Um, and so it was me and Susan at the time. She was one of my investigators. And we kind of hung out and stayed through the night. And on a side note, she got so terrified of that place, she never investigated again. Her last wow. investigation was that place. Wow. But anyway, let me give you a little history of that place. Um, that's where they sent the bad priests. Can you say the name of it again? One Saddamsville Rectory. Saddamsville. In Saddamsville, Ohio, which is a suburb of Cincinnati. And um, that's where they sent the bad priests. That's where they sent the bad priests. The ones that's caught. The bad priests. We're not going to get into that. Right. You, you know what I mean when I say bad priests. Right. Yeah, I think we all know what you mean. So, not only did they send the bad priest there, but apparently the bad priest did bad things there to the school children. Okay? Right. So, that's one layer of horrible energy. Mm -hmm. Once that place, and apparently it happened multiple times over and over and over and over and over again. Um, once that place was shut down, someone said, oh, let's have a dog fighting headquarters here. Jesus. So hundreds, maybe even thousands of animals were tortured and killed there over the course of decades in the basement because the basement actually had drains and right. they would just kill them. They would fight in the basement and then just wash it down. You know, um, when you enter that place, you go down to the 
to the basement, you still see like scratches from the dogs. And but so, do dogs have uh, like spirits and? Oh, that, that, that's a whole other conversation. Okay. That's another podcast. No, let's leave that alone uh, for podcast. right. That's another podcast. Um, but it's energy, right? And it's mm. it, it's it's pain. It's it's hate. It's you know whatever, right? For right. so negative energy on top of negative energy on top of negative energy, on um, and when you walk into that house, man, it just explodes against you, and so. We walked into Saddamsville the first two, and I, I went like on four or five occasions to that place because here's another thing. That place has an allure and it draws you in and it won't let you go. And it's over a century old, located at 639 Steiner Avenue. In yeah, that's it. That's it. Yeah. Um, you go into that place, man, and you're hooked. Mm-hmm. Whatever is there puts its claws in you. And doesn't let go. So when I told you the story earlier of something following me back to my hotel, mm-hmm. guess where I was that night? That I was at the rectory. And so I wanted to go back the next night, and I was mad. But that place gave up such a negative vibe that for the first three or four times, I would not spend the night there. Okay? And it's really interesting because we talk about urban and the beliefs of the African-American community and the Hispanic community. Saddamsville is predominantly African-American community. High crime rate, uh, a lot of breaking and entering, just a lot, just a, a, a place, you know, it is what it is, right? Just a little info, it was created by Henry Saddam in 1835. Well, there you go. Man, hold up. I'm coming down crunk. Say, man. Yo, what's up? Man. I'm trying to get my rap business popping, man. I need to get the studio cracking, get the MPC 5000s and things, man. Okay. But the thing is, I don't know nobody to do taxes, man. Who you use, bro? Oh, man, I use just-in-time tax service. Man, I ain't going to lie, man. I might owe the IRS a little something, something, but I promise I'll pay them back, but I'm just not ready to do that now, man. Well, look, that's okay, man. Trust me. They'll help you, man. Their motto is actually educating their clients is a must. For sure? Yeah, man. Well, uh, what about they prepare fees, man? The players are scared of that, bro. They are super, super low, man. Well, why? How do I get in contact with this player place that you're talking about, man? Well, they have two phone numbers, actually. You can What's call that? 832-494-4080 or 832-494-4080. Seven six seven zero two two eight. It's going down. Yeah, all right, and you got to ask for Crystal Terry at Just in Time Tax Services. What's that again, bro? Crystal Terry at Just in Time Tax Services. That's man. what I'm talking about. Screw tape, tap, tap, baby. Bet thirty five. Well, there you go. Um, so high crime rate, and so what I do as far as investigations is I want to talk to the people in the neighborhood too, right? Right. And so I asked the owners, I said, do you worry about crime here? And, and I remember the owner, she's like, absolutely not. And I said, why not? And she goes, no one will miss with this place, you know? And so I was talking to some of the people in the neighborhood and I would ask them, they said, oh, we've grown up here. And I would say, well, what do you think about this place? And they were like, F that place, man. Like we want nothing to do with it. <laughs> and wow. so <laughs> it, it just had that aura of negativity and, and people, everyone in the neighborhood was scared of that place. Wow. And so we would not spend the night there. Like, it was just too creepy to spend the night. Because once the lights went out or once the sun went out, right, like, you didn't know what was more dangerous, to be in the house or out of the house. <laughs> right. You know? Well, right. And, and, and that, that, was yeah. a, that was a legit thing. Yeah. Right? Because yeah. 
do I want to take a break from the house and go stand on the street corner? And get robbed. And get robbed? Right. You know? No, I don't. So let me stay in this freaking haunted house then. And the only way to remove yourself from that fear was to remove yourself physically from the location. Mm -hmm. So it literally, and I'm not exaggerating, it was, okay, are we ready to go? Yeah. Okay. Is everything packed? Yes. Okay. I'm going to open the door and we're going to haul ass to the car and get the F out. Wow. It was that terrifying. Yeah, absolutely. Right. And I don't know if we're hauling ass away from the house or away from the hood, right? Like whatever the case right. was, we didn't want to be there. <laughs> right. And wow. so, and the moment you leave the neighborhood, it's just a relief. Wow. Okay. So the, about the fourth time or the last time maybe I went, I got the place for like three days. And I said, we're not getting a hotel. I'm going to spend the night here. How'd that go? Went over like a wet fart in church, right? So... um, here I am, scared to death of this place, honestly. Um, the first night, I remember, it's time to go to bed, and there's all these stories and of people getting attacked in their sleep and scratched up and yanked out of bed by their ankles and the footsteps and the ghosts and the spirits and the goblins. And, I mean, it's got everything. Mm-hmm. Um so it's time to go to bed. It's like three in the morning and I'm in the bedroom and I'm like, do I turn the light out or not? No. And the answer was no. Right. So I'm a grown ass man sleeping with the lights on, you know, in Saddamsville, Ohio, scared to death of falling asleep. That's not the scariest part yet. The second night came around um, similar situation, right? We're investigating. We get all kinds of growls and, and screams and voices. And, um, oh, one evening, um, we had a, like a, a nerve center in the dining room. The dining, it was already refurnished at this time. So they had beautiful furniture, a table, chairs, the whole nine yards. And we're investigating the house. And when we come back downstairs to like pack our stuff, everything is slid across the floor to one side of the room, including the rug. It's all wrinkled up and crumpled and kind of pushed. So something pushed everything in the room over to one side, including the rug that that was, it was up. Um, So the second night, again, man, you're sleeping with the lights on and you're like, you know, my goodness, I don't know if I want to do this, but I'm going to try. So you're not getting any sleep. You, You nap during the day when the sun is out, you know, you try to. Um, but it's the third night that scared the living Jesus out of us. Is, isn't there something with a number three anyway? Could be. Yeah, for okay. sure. Um, third night again, we're supposed to stay there, right? It's me and another investigator and they have like four or five bedrooms. So he had one and I had another, um, excuse me. It's like three in the morning. We're tired and... I look at him and I'm like, hey, man, you ready to crash? And he's like, yeah, I'm tired too. Not as soon as I said that, the door to my bedroom started slamming, opening and close and shut. And the door to his bedroom started opening and closing. Like you can hear it just like four or five times. Wow. I looked at him and I said, do you want to stay here tonight? And he's like, F no. (laughs) I said, me neither. And we left all the equipment. Get that shit later. We said when the sun co- when the sun comes up, I feel like 
We're out. Yeah. We'll get it. We'll get it tomorrow. But we didn't even want to come back to get the thousands of dollars worth of equipment. Like we were scared at whatever ten in the morning. Right, sun is bright. You know, wow. we're scared at ten in the morning. Oh my God, it's terrifying. But let me ask you a question. Yeah. Okay, so if I get this right, you've done all these paranormal with ghosts, and now you're at this uh, home where priests, bad priests, have went. And they have lived there and stayed there. And so now we're talking about the church and everything like that. And since these bad priests who are supposedly the bad ones, the, the, the bad apples of the bunch are there, what you sound like you're saying to me more so is that instead of a really haunting that you were getting, it seemed like you were getting something of demonic that is correct. Presence that you were feeling because I think if it was just um, ghostly, I think you could have handled it more. And I think that's the reason that it's in that spot that no one will mess with it. No one will touch it and no one will do anything to go around it because that demonic spirit or demons that are, that's in there and those demons are the ones that I feel that came with possibly those priests. I mean, that's a great observation and I do not disagree with you. Um, the assertion and just kind of what we thought about it was, yeah, absolutely. There was something very negative there, possibly demonic. And when you go and actually look on YouTube and go and, and watch investigations of that place, which you can easily do, mm -hmm. um, they all kind of say the same thing and the results tend to lean towards the demonic. Um, well, it, it sounds, it really sounds like Red Rose. Like Stephen King based his whole shabam off of that particular house. Okay. Red Rose, how people, yeah, that's what it sounds a whole okay, lot. Okay, well, can I ask you this? Uh, what are the dangers of fucking with a Ouija board? <laughs> you want to go there? I want to go there because I actually walked in on my homeboys playing with a Ouija board, and I politely closed the door and walked the fuck out and went home. What are, what are the dangers, if any? Um, so there's two sides of that argument. I mean, it's made by Hasbro. Yeah, I understand. Or Parker it's a Brothers game. or whatever, yeah. right? Like, yeah. I, I, I can go to Amazon and order a Ouija board for $12. Exactly. You can make one yourself. You can make one yourself. Yeah. Um, if you talk to the Catholic Church, the church will tell you that they are portals or, they, or excuse me, they um, will facilitate you know, evil spirits coming into your life. In fact, when the priest came over to help that family, the first thing he asked was, have you been playing with a Ouija board or have you been playing with tarot cards? Whoa. Whoa. I'm going to save the, keep going. I'm going to save the next question. Okay. Because you just struck a nerve when you uh -oh. said that. Uh-oh, I knew yeah. I would. Yeah. Um, but that's according to the priest that yeah. I deal with, right? Yeah. That's his philosophy. Uh, and the And the reasoning is that he believes that, you know, divination, you know, or using tools of divination will entice spirits to come in both good and bad. Personally, me, um, remember I told you people send me stuff from yeah. all over? Yeah. yeah. So guess what shows up on my doorstep about six months ago? Well, maybe about a year ago. A Ouija board. Wow. With a handwritten note saying, I don't want this. Okay. Ouija boards, I heard that you could try to get rid of them but they always return. 
What's what's up with that? Uh, I don't agree with that. I can get rid of a Ouija board, uh, at least personally. Trash. I don't. Burn it. You know, yeah, you burn. I mean, whatever, right? I've never. I I own a Ouija board. Oh, let me rephrase that. I've been gifted a Ouija board. I've never touched it. You know, nor will I. So they are dangerous. I. You know what? I'm not taking that chance. Right. Right. You know, I'm not gonna sit and say, "Oh, let me." See how Ouija board can screw with my life today. Yeah, right. Now, I want to tell you why I said, whoa, Ramon. Because when I actually met my baby mama, the same one I was telling you, we seen the uh, the orb in bed together. When I first met her, she moved in to my house with me. Right. And while I'm moving her stuff. You find a Ouija board? No. A pair of uh, some tarot cords falls on the floor. Okay. So... And at that time, I was like, this shit going in the trash. You know what I'm saying? Sure. So is there any energy attached to tarot cords? Is there dangers? So that's a that's an argument, man. Some people will say yes. Some people will say no. Um, as I've gotten older, I'm more in touch with uh, the med- the metaphysical side. Okay. Um, I have no problems with tarot cards, me personally. Well, at that time, I made her throw that shit in the trash. We almost fist fought over it. I actually, um, the friend that I talked about that died on our three-wheeler, his mother's best friend uh, did tarot card readings, and she used to do them all the time when I was a teenager on yeah. and I never had anything. I don't I don't have anything negative to say about tarot cards. In fact, I was, I don't know, maybe six months ago, I went to a tarot card reading. Um, I own tarot cards, whatever. Like, I don't think, I don't think they're negative in any Is way. Is tarot card reading mostly like a medium? For a medium, it's a tool for a medium. Um, and I don't know what you would call someone, the official title. Um, there's people that understand the tarot cards and the meanings behind all of the symbols. Um, I know when I went, or, you know, it was pretty accurate. Mm-hmm. Now, one will argue that if you're general enough, it will be accurate to everybody. But, you know, there's things that I found to be pretty accurate, and I don't dismiss it. You know, I think there's some validity there. Um I really didn't believe in individuals that had like like psychics uh until I met my my Reiki master. Um I never so through 15 years I've never had a, a psychic investigator with me because I just never bought it, man. You so know. So what what's a psychic investigator? They are real. Versus like a medium. What is Same thing. Yeah, similar. Like like a a medium would come in and say, oh, I see the spirit of a little boy and he's trying to tell me this and, you know, or the pain that someone was killed here and this is what they're telling me or I see dead people. You know, like I never investigated. I don't dismiss it 100%, but I've never met someone who could do it consistently. Mm -hmm. And I've tested it. Like we've had investigations that have been complete and we'll bring the psychic medium to that location and, and with no information, and they give you some other story altogether. Maybe there is another story that we don't know, right? But by and large, I've never met anybody who really knew or had that ability until about six months ago. Okay. And it was the, the gentleman who trained me in Reiki, and that guy will blow your mind. Like legit... In my house, okay? So in my house, I have a room full of stuff. He comes over 
and he's using my guest restroom. And that room is down the hall, door closed, nothing. And he comes out of the restroom and he stops. And he turns around and he looks at that back room and he points to that door and he says, what is in there? I said, well, what do you mean? He goes, you know what I mean. And he goes, whatever's in there is well sealed and well protected. He goes, but that's some crazy crap that you got going on in there. And I didn't say, he has no idea. But then he would sit and tell me things about my life, my family, my past. Uh, a friend of mine that was with me, you know, her life, her family, her past, that no one knows. Yeah. And so, I don't know. So psychics, I think they're interesting. Um, it's not something, I don't have a psychic investigator on my team. Right now, on my team, um, I've tried to shout them all out because they're going to be listening. And they actually maybe want to come and share stories. Um, Perfect. I got Love Joe. That. And remember I talked about normal, abnormal, and paranormal? Joe is a house builder. He builds homes for a living. So plumbing, electrical, all that stuff, he understands and he gets it. And so I have him on the team as kind of stuff that happens in the house. Like mm -hmm. he's really good at that. Jack is a scientist, right? But he's also, he has the sixth, sixth sense of just knowing, right? Like he called me the other day. Out of the blue, I hadn't talked to him in maybe two months. He called me and he's like, what's, he goes, what? And I'm like, really, dude? Because <laughs> I literally was about to call him later that day because I was going to tell him about an investigation that I wanted him to join. And he's like, my spidey senses are going off and it's about you and you need to tell me something. So what is it? You know, so there's Jack. Um, a woman, her name is Florencia, but we call her Mama Flo. And Mama Flo has been my case. She was actually a fan that kept bugging the living crap out of me. <laughs> you know, saying, I want to play. I want to join. I want to go. I want to do this. I want to do that. And I was like, no, 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 no. And finally, I'm like, fine. And she's been part of my team ever since. And she's phenomenal. Um, so she's my case manager. Um, so shout out to her. And then, you know, there's there's Rachel, and um, her and I are very close, and she's brand new in the world of the paranormal. Um, she's very much an empath. Um, and so having her on an investigation, and she's such a wonderful, uh, huge empath, but also the mother figure that I need on my investigation when I deal with children, for example. Mm -hmm. Like, that's important. I keep trying to get her to investigate with me more. She's She claims up and down that she's not gifted and I call BS on her, you know? And so her and I go round and round, but much love to that woman. She's a she's a very powerful and, and wonderful soul. So my team's pretty small, man. Cool. Um, well, Ramon, uh, can you give out, if you're cool with it, give out your information where people can reach you? Or absolutely. are you open to the public? Can anybody contact you if they have yes. issues? No, you can call me, man, and text me and email me about anything, guys. Um, you can find all our contact information on ghosthouston.com. We service the Houston area. Uh, we also service Louisiana, Oklahoma, Arkansas. Um, even, you know, we'll even go as far away as, you know, um, honestly anywhere, if, if it's worth it, we will not charge you. We, there is no hidden anything. We do not expect anything. In fact, we insist that we take no money from you. That's just how we roll. Okay. 
Okay. Um, you can contact us at HoustonGhosts at gmail.com. Uh, GhostHouston.com uh, is our website. Uh, there's some frequently asked questions there. Some of our files, guys, we've been doing this a long time. We probably have about 15, 30, 40, maybe about 60 years of experience helping people in and around the Houston area combined. Um, man, anything we can do to help you guys. There's no dumb question. Most people just want to know they're not crazy. Um, and we're here to help you. You know, I may not have all the answers, but I will do everything in my power to help you sleep better tonight. Already. Perfect. Okay, well, Randy? Brandy's tired. I am tired, guys. I'm so sorry. No, no, it's been I, a long day. I just thank you for coming out. It's for sure. Thanks, thanks, very thanks much, for having bro. me. We hope to have Learned you on the a show. Lot. A lot. That's just the tip of the iceberg, guys. All right. right. Um, so everyone at home, um, Ghost Houston has decided to help us out. So they'll be coming here. So like I said earlier today, all you need to do, you have a question or anything like that, you know what I'm saying? Just send it to us. Uh, at dsbmedia1 at gmail.com or dsb underscore media on Instagram. Exactly. And we will hit you back. Promise you that. Okay. And also remember too, man, that um, we're doing this. So, hey, we accept. We, he might don't, but we accept donations. So that's how we keep the podcast running. Baby. That's how we keep these stories. Send your going. money to them. Right. Exactly. <laughs> right. Thanks. So um, we're going to see you guys again um next show and hopefully we have something really cool for you okay um so we want to say good day from urban paranormal good night and remember you might be crazy to them but, but your family, family to us hey <laughs> out look here guys if you want a high quality car for an affordable price go see alex quality cars home of the low down payments as low as 500 dollars. that's alex quality cars at 4045 southport corpus christi texas zip code 78415 the telephone number 361-452-2507 once again that telephone number is 361 361- Four five two twenty five zero seven. Brought to you by DSB Media. <laughs>